We have light snow and 13 degrees. Uh, before we get uh, to uh, the school personnel that we have here, uh, Matt Hellman and Val Mertesdorf, I do want to say that the Northfield Fine Arts Boosters is auctioning four packs of tickets for the Rock and Roll Revival coming up in March. Uh, and not just any tickets. They're tickets for the seats in the Northfield Middle School Auditorium with the best acoustics and best sight lines. You buy your tickets now for the rest of the seats uh, before they're sold to the general public. The sale starts on February the 25th, later on this week. The auction ends February 24th in a couple of days at uh, 12.15 p.m. The dates for the Rock and Roll Revival, March 18th through uh, the 20th and 24th through the 26th. All the shows are at 7. 30 you can go to uh, uh there's a qr code on the facebook page of the northfield fine arts boosters uh, all pre- proceeds from the so- show go to the nfab there you have it joining us now in our studio we do have a couple of uh, special superintendent of schools dr matt hillman and also val murdestorf who is the financial director of uh, northfield schools good morning Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks right. for coming in. Val, thank you so much for coming in, braving the elements out there. It's yeah. not that bad, Jeff. Yes, kids, there is school today. Yes. <laughs> we'll start off with that. We have talked uh, about uh, the futures of Northfield schools a number of times in recent uh, uh, that you have been on the air with us recently. And the enrollment will be declining, uh, according to predictions, and the predictions have a pretty good track record of being correct. Uh, so we invited you on today to, to talk about that, you and Val, to talk about what the future of the finances are going to be looking like, because uh, you got to start thinking about that now. Right. And thanks, Jeff. And as you said, we've ta- you and I have talked about this on uh, the morning show a number of times, because uh, part of being good financial stewards is looking at where you're going to be, not necessarily where you're at right now. And we've got one of the best finance directors in the state in Val Murdestorf, and her financial modeling and projections uh, are, are we take very seriously. And as we are looking ahead, um, we have managed our finances very effectively for a long time. As I've shared with you before, we've had our uh, financial management validated by external agencies like Standard & Poor's, who recently assigned us a prestigious AA-plus bond rating. Only six, uh, or only five other school districts in the state have a bond rating equivalent or better than Northfield Public Schools. Um, we also have an annual audit, which we've talked with you know through with you several times. And so we know we have good financial controls. We know that we have good financial forecasting. And then we come to demographics. And any school district, of course, the bulk of our revenue comes from students. And so uh, as we are looking at that uh, enrollment projection, which I'm going to have Val talk a little bit about that process, it's showing that we're going to go down by about 400 students. And so we want to talk a little bit about Hazel Reinhardt's uh, demographic study, Val. Sure. Um, so Hazel Reinhardt came in um, over the past probably four months and looked at our enrollment trends, um, how the pandemic impacted them, and any housing projections, and pulls all kinds of state data, um, local data together. And her projection currently shows that we're going to decline about 400 students over 10 years. Um, for next year, it's about 60 students overall. Um, but 400 students over the course of 10 years is significant. So about 70% of our revenue is enrollment-driven 
formulas. So that makes a pretty significant impact for the district. And it should be noted that Hazel Reinhardt, uh, those who have listened to KYMN for a number of years, long-timers, uh, recognize that name. She is a uh, demographer uh, right. who is has quite an impressive track record of uh, predicting things correctly. She's very good. Uncannily so. Uh, you know, Hazel, I think, is widely considered the best school demographer in the state of Minnesota. And she's done a few demographic studies for Northfield in the past and has, has really been uh, pretty accurate. Yep. Now, the uh, finance for, uh, for the schools are, as you mentioned, 70%, about 70% driven by uh, enrollment. What about the other, what's, what happens with the other 30%? Where does sure. that come from? Yeah, so the rest of the revenue is um, specific levies that are state authorized or um, grants that we can get through the state for specific programming. Uh, special education is another big chunk of that that is um, more expenditure reimbursement based. So those are kind of the other, some federal programming, um, those pieces pulled together for kind of the rest of the budget, and then local fees, which is a pretty small percentage overall. Now, if we lose 400 students, that's roughly 10% or so of uh, the student population. Uh, the budget, I'm sure, will have to match, which means it will have to be a little bit lower than uh, you'll have less money to deal with. Let's talk about the planning process for that. You know that it's coming. It's not going to be a surprise. So start planning now. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and I, I you know, I'm a sports fan, Jeff, and uh, so I like the old Wayne Gretzky quote of that you need to skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it is now. And that's exactly what we're doing. I just want to go back to the demographic study for just one moment. You know, Hazel's main points of why we're seeing declining enrollment is really a low birth rate, which we're seeing across the country. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, and then in addition, a housing shortage uh, here in Northfield. So those are the two things. We're just, we don't have the housing inventory to be able to replace these students. We know we have a lot of people who would like to move here, but they just, even if, even if we filled every house that was projected to be built uh, in the next several years in both Northfield and Dundas, we'd only make up a, potentially about half the students. So those are the two main reasons that Hazel has shared for uh, the declining enrollment. And when we think about the process, uh, the first thing that we need to do is identify where do we think our revenue is going to be in several years and do what we can to match our expenditures. The school board has long had a goal of 16% of its, of its expenditures in what we call our, our unassigned fund balance. And so uh, we are starting to see that we will be below that as we ha we started to do, we've done some deficit spending uh, in two of the last three years as we were ramping up to this. Um, but now as we move ahead, we are going to need to adjust the budget. So we have a process that we are putting together that I'm going to have Val talk about. We're calling it priority-based budgeting. Um, I need to be super clear, at the end of the day, there will be reductions to the budget. Uh, we are starting from a position of financial strength. We have some tools that we can use to help phase in some of those adjustments over a couple of years, but we don't want to sugarcoat it. We're looking to prioritize what we want, but we also have to just be clear at the end of the day, there will be less expenditures. In a school, you do not have less expenditures without having less programming. So, Val, would you talk a little bit about the process that we're envisioning with priority-based budgeting? Sure. So the process is really um, breaking the budget into three um, three groups. So we're going to have an elementary package, a secondary package, and a district services package. And then each package has um, the current expenditures that are budgeted right now. And we're, we're effectively asking the group to... Um, 
So the first meeting is really just going to be data heavy. And here's what we spend our money on. Um, here's the types of programs it funds, the total FTE and all the kind of information to orient you to the budget. And then really we're going to ask the group to prioritize. What do you want to fund first and directly tie it to our updated uh, strategic vision and benchmarks that the board recently passed. Um, and so as they build the budget, then it's going to come to the total dollar amount. Um, and then whatever's remaining will effectively be um, what's reduced over the next couple of years. Um, we're actually going to have them prioritize that as well so that if we do have uh, increase in enrollment that was unanticipated or have more funds from the state that we have that lined up for what we could add back first. Um, but that's kind of the general process. So bringing them together to say, this is what we want to do, um, rather than just what are the, the easy things we can maybe not easy. That's not the right word, but the things that are a little more easier to identify, but really recommitting to what we want to do as a district. This, uh, the whole process Sounds pretty easy, pretty simple. It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult than that, and uh, that's why you have so many people getting involved. And And over the course of the years, will there be some times for parents and the general public to, to chime in on this as well? And so we've worked, uh, we've recruited a number of parents and our staff uh, and uh, folks from the community to participate in this process. We used our district email system to recruit people. And we'll have over 50 people participate in these three budget teams that will take place a little bit over the next maybe six weeks, you know, four to, four to six weeks. We have four meetings planned um, because we know that we can't just admire the problem, right? We need to identify the issue. We need to identify the target uh, expenditure amounts, and then we need to get to work. And so uh, we look at this as four meetings that we're able to do this. And of course, uh, there'll be some other opportunities where once we have those packages set, we'll communicate them to the community. We know that our community is not shy about sharing their perspective. And then of course, the school board at the end of the day, you know, has the final say on what we prioritize and what might have to be reduced. So uh, we are using a, a variation of the, pro the program-based budgeting that the school district used in the mid-2000s and the early 2010s. Just a little bit of a different twist on it in terms of, again, as Val said, prioritizing the programming that we think has the best chance to help us meet our strategic plan uh, vision, the strategic commitments and our benchmarks. So we plan to have a lot of people involved uh, over time, and of course, the public is always welcome to share their thoughts with us. You know, if you look at the next 10 years, 2032, it's not like 400 students are just going to leave in 2032. There's a process that's going to go on a little bit by little bit. Um, so I'm presuming a 10% reduction, about 1% per year. At what point do these? are you anticipating that some of these adjustments will have to kick in? That will uh, depend. There will be some for sure that will happen um, next year because we are currently deficit spending. But really the goal is to create a five-year plan that people can anticipate. Um, I think one of the worst things you can do as a school district is to cut your budget year over year. Um, that's really not great for students or employee morale or anything. So our goal would to have a five-year plan so it's very transparent about what's coming and when and people can adjust to that and plan for that. Um, we would anticipate then doing another five-year plan um, because a lot can happen in five years uh, in a school district budget depending there's two legislative sessions 
So we kind of take that as it comes, but that's also the reason we're having the extra extra priority budget um, to make sure that we can react um, to any kind of fluctuations that are coming. And we're, we are looking, Jeff, just to give the number out there too, to make sure we're clear about it, is that you know we are looking at about uh, phasing in about $4.5 million of expenditure reductions over the next couple of years. And so um, one of the things that we prefer, when you make those adjustments early, you start to gain the benefit of that and you can make your programming more sustainable, which is what we want. We want the programming to be sustainable. We have to make these adjustments to adjust to the budget impact of having fewer students. So you're going to see us do this a little bit more assertively in the first couple of years of that five-year plan. Um, and again, the total will be that we're the total that we're targeting right now is about four and a half million dollars, which is probably about seven to eight percent of our overall bu- uh, expenditure budget as we look at that. So we want to be clear about what we're looking at from a number perspective. And I think you've heard us say the reasons you know the declining enrollment is the driving factor. I have shared with you dozens if not scores of times about the chronic underfunding you know from the state the difference between what inflation which everybody is super aware of right now you know we've been aware of inflation for a lot longer than people who have just currently been paying attention to it Um, so that chronic underfunding and that declining enrollment no school district can outlast that and even as well managed financially as we have been Um, so we do have some things that we can use to help uh, really um, phase these in we are going to be using some of our federal funds, the ESSER, what we call the ESSER dollars. Those are the federal COVID relief funds to be able to help phase some of these things in. And then we also have a very strong fund balance. We're starting this position from a, from a, a position of financial strength. And so we're able to leverage that fund balance that we've worked so hard to maintain and some of these federal funds to help really soften some of the things as we implement them. And, and softens an intentional word because it means that we are going to be able to adjust as those as some of that early declining enrollment uh, begins to happen. So we're using all of the tools that we have available, but we just also want to be clear you know, about where we are going. And for people out there listening, people all say, I want to do something about this, right? We've been, the, the community's been very generous. We, we can't come to the community again for an operating levy. We're, we aren't able to do so. The community has been very generous, um, and they have provided us a very significant operating levy, the largest allowed by law for the longest time allowed by law, with an inflationary factor. And so we've been able to make it just about as far as we told people we would in 2017 when we passed that last operating levy, despite having a global health pandemic. We've come very close to meeting our targets, despite that huge worldwide disruption. But at the end of the day, we still have this issue with chronic underfunding. And special education, the special education cross-subsidy is something that we've talked about many times. That is the amount of general fund money that we spend on what I consider to be morally imperative special education services. For Northfield schools, that's about $5 million of general fund money this year alone that we spend on those very important special education services that were supposed to be paid for by the state and federal government who have never lived up to their bargain. So if people listening want to do something, I encourage you to contact your representatives at the legislature and tell them to fully fund the special education cross-subsidy. The state is anticipated to have, some people are now saying we could have a $10 billion with a B dollar surplus at the legislature this year. If this is not the opportunity to solve that special education cross-subsidy or at least take a big swing at it, I don't know when it's going to be. But if we had one thing to focus on in the legislative session that would help our financial circumstances, it would be the special education cross-subsidy. All you need to do 
is email your legislators and say, I hear you need to fully fund the special education cross-subsidy. That will help Northfield Public Schools. It can be as simple as that. Um, so that is the call to action today, is that if you want to do something about this, this is a state funding issue in addition to a declining enrollment issue. Contact your legislators and say, fully fund the special education cross-subsidy. Matt Hillman and Val Bernestorf are with us from uh, Northfield Public Schools, and we're talking about school financing. We talked about what the, the things that um, you maybe uh, cut or uh, trim back a little bit. What about the things that, that can't be? You're going to have, uh, you've got buildings that have to be tended to. Uh, you've got a new uh, roof going in on the middle school. That won't be the last roof you buy in the next 10 years, most likely. Uh, is that capital fund and, and the other funds, are those going to stay the same? Um, so the LTFM is the Long-Term Facility Maintenance Fund and operating capital are actually excluded from this uh, from the budget packages. They have their own dedicated revenue streams and we are required by statute to spend those dollars um, in very specific ways um, that are specific to maintaining building envelope and, you know, keeping everything up to code and those things. So those are actually... Um, not even on the table because they are already specified by the state. Um, so those will stay. Um, LTFM is actually both operating capital and LTFM are enrollment based. So we will likely have a little bit less revenue over the next 10 years, but still should be sufficient to maintain our operations. All right. We're just about out of time. Do you have any other thoughts? Uh, anything you'd like to bring up while we have you here, though? You know, one of our strategic commitments is transparent, timely, and effective communication, Jeff. So we want to make sure as we go into this uh, budget planning process that the community knows about it. We don't want it to be a surprise to people. Um, we also want people to understand that we are attacking this from with a sense of confidence um, and a sense of seriousness. And so as we look at this, we're, we're not like, oh, my gosh, this, guy, this is a serious situation, but we have the tools and we have the people who can make good decisions for our community uh, to set a budget that will help us achieve what our strategic plan goals uh, and our benchmarks are. And so we go into this eyes wide open. We want people to know it's there, but please don't you know, think that we're, oh my goodness, the sky is falling. We have a serious issue that we have to deal with, but we're addressing it uh, from a position of financial strength and with confidence. All right. I want to thank you both for coming in today. Much appreciated. And uh, Val, it was good seeing you again. Yeah, uh, best you of luck well. as you uh, continue on through the school year and through the planning. Thank you. Superintendent Matt Hillman, along with uh, Finance Director Val Mertesdorf with uh, Northfield Public Schools. 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. Rich is back in, Tim coming up, and MNN is next. Do you have an event coming up? Are you planning a wedding, graduation, concert, or grand opening? Stop down to By All Means Graphics in the heart of downtown Northfield and meet with our professional team. Let us help you with the tasks on your to-do list. By All Means Graphics can help you with invitations, save the dates, or print marketing materials to help you advertise your event. By All Means Graphics is the proud publisher of the Entertainment Guide, and we'd be happy to help you spread the word. Visit us at 17 Bridge Square or give us a call at 507-663-7937. Farmers Bill and Elevator in Castle Rock has full-time job openings. 
Openings include seasonal drivers and custom applicator operators. Training, continuing education, and CDL licensing can be provided. Benefits include paid holidays, sick and vacation days, and health insurance. Come work for Farmers Bill and Elevator in Castle Rock. They are a family-owned and locally-run business. These careers offer a variety of tasks throughout your day, and no day is the same. Call Farmers Mill and Elevator in Castle Rock or email jj at farmersmill.com. Attention Northfield Pharmacy patients! Following the recent sale, all Northfield Pharmacy patients have been transferred to Walgreens. It's your health and your choice on where you fill your prescriptions. Sterling Pharmacy offers the same great service you've been used to at Northfield Pharmacy, and we're only 900 feet from your old pharmacy. Call Sterling at 507 645 